Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, September 20th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Mercedes shares with us details of her conversation with Governor General Mary Simon on her dealings with Queen Elizabeth during her brief time in office. Next, it's been a very tumultuous time in the Calgary housing market from rising interest rates, issues with inventory and sky-high inflation. We get an update on the market and a look ahead to what's in store for the fall with realtor Justin Haver of Justin Haver and Associates, Remax First. It's a swap that can provide measurable benefits to your health. We catch up with Dr. Ted Jablonski for details on a new German study that chronicles the positive impact of physical activity over time spent on social media when it comes to your mental health. And finally, the Apple iPhone 14 has been out for just over a week, but are the newest features available worth the price tag? We take a look at the pros and cons of the new device with the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. Well, after a summer break, the West Block is back on Global, and that means host and Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief Mercedes Stevenson is back as well. Good morning to you, Mercedes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, this week on the West Block, you spoke with Canada's Governor General, Mary Simon, much about how she will remember Queen Elizabeth. Uh, What what thoughts did you get from her on that? Well, I thought it was... um it's always interesting to me to hear the private experiences people had with the queen because while you don't typically hear about them, they're also, they were very consistent um, that she was quite funny, uh, apparently in person, that she would take her shoes off <laughs> with a frequent one. She loved her gin and tonics and uh, that she was very kind of wise and perhaps gentler than people expected. Mary Simon said the first time she met her, uh, her advice to her was be gentle with yourself, which is advice that Mary Simon thought uh, you know really all Canadians can use. It's been a tough few years, you know. Be be a little bit gentle on yourself, um, and also to think about what is before you very carefully. Um, so to take that time to really think of all the angles on something and not just make a, a snap quick decision, which also to me, you know sounded like great advice in a time when we were all under mm-hmm. all these enormous deadlines and pressure, and I don't just mean in the news industry, but it feels like everything's really, really accelerated in life, um, and certainly around politics, it's become at times hyper-partisan um, or, or sort of these snap decisions that you make depending on what team you perceive playing on. So I thought those were both uh, great pieces of advice for, for everyone um, that uh, Mary Simon shared with us. Of course, she didn't have the number of opportunities to meet the Queen that some other governors general did, uh, given COVID. She met her over a Zoom one of those times, and just that she hasn't been in office that long uh, before the Queen passed away. You were very much part of the team of uh, our, our coverage on Global. Farewell to the Queen. And I'm wondering, because we saw the images, incredible images, you know, lining the procession. Um, you know, the images are only so much, though. What was it like, you know, being in that world, being among uh, that uh, that crowd? Well, I I can tell you about um, the Ottawa experience for sure. London, I didn't go. Oh, uh, I'm so, I'm so was, sorry. Okay. I saw you among crowds, and I thought you were there. It's the magic of television. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> the same way I watch TV on mute sometimes. Uh, but it was I was anchoring the Canadian special, so you saw a lot of my face popping up in between those crowd shots, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in London, they were incredible. And talking to colleagues on the ground there, um, there was people who had come in on Saturday and were camping out in lawn chairs, and they hadn't moved. There's actually um, one... 
set of folks who I felt particularly bad for, who uh, my colleague Ab- Abigail Beeman was tweeting about. Uh, she said they had big Canadian flags. They'd been waiting for two days. And then one of them took a bathroom break in the, like, five seconds it took for the Canadian motorcade to go by. Oh, and no. it, um, <laughs> no. uh, but there, there was just this incredible sense of dedication, I think, in part because the Queen, um, and certainly there's, there's lots of folks who do not um, like the royalty. They didn't like the Queen. They, they have difficulty with the royal family. They have very valid questions about the royal family and some of the behavior there and the Crown's relationship uh, with Indigenous people in not just Canada, but other Commonwealth countries as well. Um, but, but the Queen did, for all the criticisms, serve with incredible strength until the end. Um, this is somebody who met with the incoming Prime Minister of the UK just two days before she died, and she looked kind of very shrunken, and you could see mm-hmm. bruises on her hands, which a lot of folks were speculating might be from IVs. Um, and she always said she would die in office, that she wouldn't abdicate unless she went crazy, uh, which she jokingly called going gaga uh, to uh, a former Canadian saying, you know, if, if, if sorry, former Governor General, not a former Canadian, Adrian Clarkson, that, you know, if she, if she completely lost it, uh, someone else would have to take over. But otherwise, she was in it till the very end. And I think the reflection you saw in those crowds in the UK was, was that reflection of the willingness to wait for hours to see her, the willingness to stand in line. We didn't see that the same way here in Canada. Um, mind you, different situation. She was Canada's queen. Uh, however, Canadians didn't get the day off for the most part to be able to come and attend. Um, and here in Ottawa, the weather was yesterday and today very fitting for what you'd expect of a funeral. Uh, out of season cold, low cloud, heavy rain, fog. Um, and so there weren't sort of the same numbers of large crowds in Ottawa, but a, a dedicated small number who actually followed the military parade almost their entire route. Mm, beautiful. Well, you know, going kind of going back to the GG, was Mary Simon speaking to you as well about what she expects from King Charles moving forward now? She did, and she said um, he's very committed to reconciliation, and she thinks that really is going to be a priority for him. Uh, some Indigenous uh, groups have said that they want an apology from the Crown or they want uh, a renunciation of certain doctrines of discovery uh, that really said what happened with Indigenous people having their land stolen from them. Whether or not it's going to go that far, I think is still very much an open question. But Mary Simon said that uh, King Charles does believe there is a significant issue with reconciliation in the Crown and that a lot of work remains to be done there. So I guess we'll find out what that work looks like and um, what sort of concrete steps um, that the royal family might take under his leadership. All right, just switching gears, it is hard to believe it was 10 days ago that we found out that Pierre Polyev will be leading the CPC. Uh, I'm wondering what the next steps are as they're now 10 days fresh into their new leader. Where do you see them going and, and what do you see as far as them, you know, putting out some platform and, and really whipping up the campaign machine? Well, today is actually Pierre Polyev's first day in the House if he shows up, uh, because I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean that because the prime minister isn't going to be there and the deputy prime minister isn't going to be there. So whether or not he wants his first day to be facing off against whoever the liberals appoint to answer questions uh, is the open question. It won't be the fireworks of, you know, Justin Trudeau 
versus Pierre Polyev in the house anytime this week because of the PM's travel schedule. Um, but he's he's now has to make, to your point, the transition from being the leader of the opposition, pardon me, the campaigning to be the leader of the opposition to campaigning for Canadians. And what wins you a leadership in any party, not just the Conservative Party, is not what leads you uh, uh, to win a general election. He did win a record-breaking over 300,000 new memberships that mm. convinced people to not only buy, but clearly to vote for him, right? And this is always one of the challenges in a leadership is you get someone to buy the membership, but then they might vote for somebody else. He obviously didn't have that problem. He wanted an absolute landslide, and he needs that for solidarity inside the party because the last two Tory leaders have been taken down, not by the Liberals, not by themselves, but by members of their own party backstabbing them. Um, So he needed that to have sort of that credibility, especially when he is a bit of a controversial figure still among several inside the party. Um, I think what you're going to see from having talked to some members of his team is a real swing towards what we call pocketbook policies. So these are things that affect people like inflation. He said no new uh, taxes for seniors, for example. Um, He's talked about a program that would allow immigrants to Canada to test and work within their chosen field or trained in in 60 days. Uh, We all hear the stories of folks who are here in Canada who were engineers or doctors in the country they came from and they're driving a cab here. And we have shortages in labor. So he's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talked a lot about inflation and, and trying to address that. That's a, a tougher one to address. But um, they insist they believe that they can win this on policy. We'll see if that's the case because they've played very heavy on rhetoric, too. So I, I would say um, regardless of what they're talking about with policy, which would be very important. And as a policy nerd, I love to see uh, <laughs> what are they actually going to propose. But this is a team that has learned that rhetoric works, and I think you're going to continue to see very heavy rhetoric from them. Whether or not that matches the policy will be a big question. We will be talking with you about this uh, much in the future, no doubt. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. A drop in inventory, a hike in interest and mortgage rates. What does it all mean for Calgary's housing market? Justin Haver of Justin Haver and Associates of Remax First has nearly two decades of experience to draw on, so we'll ask him these questions. Good morning to you, Justin. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we were in a boom. The market was red hot just even last year, months ago. How is it looking now? Have things changed dramatically? You know, things haven't changed dramatically as, uh, you know, the demand still continues to be there and, uh, you know, buyers are having a little more selection. They have a little more time to make those decisions when they are selecting the property to purchase. They still can get into competing offers, although there's less willingness for buyers to get into these competing scenarios, as we saw earlier this year, where it was just absolutely insane. Um, And, you know, there are many buyers that are coming back into the market from earlier this year because that was too crazy of a market for them. So they needed to take a little bit of a break. Mentioning the buyers there, Justin, what about if I've been on the sidelines waiting for that right time to sell? Has it become a better time or a better opportunity at this point? Or do we still want to put things on hold and maybe wait to deeper into the fall? You know, that really depends on what your circumstances are. We did a uh, pulse of the Alberta home sellers, and the responses reveal that 55.26% of Alberta home sellers 
want to sell are holding off because they're struggling to find another residence to move to. Mm -hmm. So with the tight inventory levels still being present in the Calgary market, I do believe that, you know, again, it's really up to finding that next property for that seller if they are, you know, buying and selling in the current marketplace. I think that, you know, we're still seeing a lot of homes being built in the Calgary area too. We must be one of the biggest cities in terms of new home construction, are we? I believe we are. I mean, as we all know, Calgary has uh, done a great job of uh, expanding our city limits. And, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely been a very hot builder market here this year as well. And, you know, that has also helped bring up the cost of construction you know we're seeing pretty big inflationary numbers when it comes to home construction you know if you look at for example hiring a framer to build your house or to frame the house about a year ago it was costing builders about six dollars per square foot today it's around fourteen dollars per square foot Mm. so this i believe has a lot to do with obviously the shortage of uh, trades in alberta and we also have a booming economy when we look at the energy sector as well what do you say to folks who call you up justin and say i'm thinking about selling Uh, can you give somebody a bit of a checklist on what sorts of things they should be cognizant of before they put the house on sale or how they can get a head start to be sure it's ready for when the realtor comes and puts the sign in the ground Well, I think one of the important things right now, if you are someone who's considering selling here in the winter months, you want to ensure that you can now get some green photos of the exterior of your house. Really showcase the property when it's obviously nice and green out because we know that it can be quite uh, gray and depressing during the winters here. And also showcase, you know, your incredible landscaping and all the exterior feature in the best possible way. And the window is really closing on that right now as the leaves are starting to change color. So that is one of the key things that I would get ahead of right now is uh, get some exterior photos taken by a professional photographer, which is something that we offer to all home sellers who are looking at selling in the winter months here with Justin Haver Associates. Justin, mortgage rates, uh, borrowing rates overall just continue to rise. Is, is that having an effect on the, the market and, and what's happening in Calgary right now? You know, that has an impact on the real estate market across the country. And clearly, I mean, the cost of borrowing does dampen the buyer's purchasing power. And it's why we're seeing, you know, a big uptick in the lower price points right now, because people, obviously, they can now qualify for a smaller mortgage, which is then putting pushing them into the lower price segments of townhouses and apartments. And that's where we're seeing the majority of the activity right now. And we're seeing some of the activity retract from the single-family detached market. So as far as the condos, for example, let's talk about the different... I know there's always seems to me when we speak with someone like you, a professional in the industry, Justin, there's usually a huge difference between the condos and townhouses and the housing market. Mm-hmm. Is one preferential right now? Is, is one a better deal for somebody looking to get into the market? Well, I mean, I think it comes down to the individual that's making the purchase or the family that's making the purchase. And uh, I highly recommend that you purchase within your means. Don't necessarily try to stretch, uh, you know, stretch it to the max. But I clearly suggest if you want to get into home ownership, you got to buy within your means, and you got to look at, you know, how long do you plan on living in this property. I highly encourage that 
you know, you got to look at real estate as a long-term investment, and you got to find a location that's suitable for you and your family and the lifestyle that you want to live. And if that means that you're going to get into a an apartment for the time being, or if you want to get into a row and townhome, it's really up to the individual and the lifestyle that they want to live. Always love getting your perspective. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. You're and, welcome. Uh, pizza for lunch today yes you know it pepperoni pizza <laughs> day it's a special one justin you should celebrate i think i'll be uh contacting tom's house of pizza for sure good deal good deal awesome <laughs> have a good one thanks so much justin haver realtor with justin haver and associates of remax first justinhaver.com if you want more online and if you're thinking you know maybe i'll put pause i was looking at you know buying a place Renting might be for me. It'll be a lot cheaper. I'll keep some more money in my jeans until I can get that down payment together, sock away some cash. Um, Maybe not the case. This is an incredible stat, an article that you brought to my attention, Sue. Rent prices in the city up 30% from this time last year. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. And really difficult to find rental property as well. So, I mean, it's still a a bit of a difficult market out there. And I have been looking at, you know, I'm signed up with Justin Haver and I have somebody looking for new homes for me. And I do notice... Um, that some of you'll see uh, the same home come up again and with the price reduced. So home prices were really, really high. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're sort of coming down a little bit, uh, you know, as Justin was saying, and and rents up and tough to find properties. It's just a difficult situation right now all around. But as he was talking about too, we have more home building going on than anywhere else. It's quite something. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got the inventory coming online, but in the meantime, they have to build it. And if you have problems getting people but yeah the average one bedroom we're talking um, almost fifteen hundred dollars one thousand four hundred fifty uh right one here. bedroom in calgary yeah one bedroom the two bedroom average is 1710 it looks like yeah really when you can compare this to for example vancouver at 3600 you know not a lot to complain about but this is the increase we're talking about hundreds of dollars year over year the price of a one bedroom rental up 28 percent from this time last year that's incredible wow that is more than any other city that was monitored in the report that they've done here. I'm feeling you if, 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 if you're in, in the, on the hunt right now, mm-hmm. if you were locked in, you're thinking, whew, but that's not the case for everybody. And sometimes you're, you don't want to move, but your life uh, circumstances change or you get a, a job offer and you have to move. So, you know, that's when contacting a professional, it's kind of a big deal, kind of a good idea. You know it. Well, according to a new German study, replacing 30 minutes of social media use per day with physical activity can enhance emotional well-being and reduce stress. To discuss the research, we're joined by Dr. Ted Javlonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. Well, tell us about this study, because I think to a certain extent it's laid out for us, okay, you got to get out there and have exercise, and we think about the physical benefits, uh, but that is more beneficial to us than spending time on social media, apparently mentally. Yes, so this was the interesting. I'm going to preface this whole thing saying this was a very small study. This was a very short study, so I don't think we can put too much on it, but it's certainly fascinating. So they took 640 people, Uh, They split it in four groups. One group had to cut social media 30 minutes a day. One group had to increase exercise 30 minutes a day. One group had to do both of those interventions, and one one group did nothing. They did whatever they wanted, and they had to do this over a two-week period. Then they did these parameters at that uh, two-week point at one month, two months, six months. And they looked who seemed happier, so they did all these tests on them from a psychological testing. 
And the group who decreased social media for 30 minutes were happier to some degree. People who increased exercise were happier to some degree. And people who did both got the best bang for their buck. They actually had the most robust uh, results, and they lasted the longest. The control group, nothing really happened. And even at out to six months, particularly the exercise group seemed to have some benefit over happiness if they if they just stuck to it and again once the study was done at two weeks they could do whatever they wanted but the exercise group seemed to linger on and get benefit long after all the other groups which is interesting also it can't be much of a surprise though dr j because we know physically when you do exercise workout whatever that might look like it does something to our bodies and our brains correct Absolutely. So there's a huge chemical benefit from exercise, which which happens. There's an immediate uh, impact. There's ones that lingers for a few hours, and there's something that happens literally over time, over days, over weeks, over months, if we keep exercising. Yes, we've known this for a long time, so this is not surprising. It's nice to see a study that uh, showcases that. Um, it's interesting, social media aspect, just cutting that back might be a benefit. And I think there's a lot more literature coming out about the negativity about um, sitting too much on social media and going down rabbit holes of uh, that maybe are dark and are, are sort of echo chambers of badness that go on mm-hmm. and on and on. If we get trapped in that, it can really pull us down. So by really backing off, that can make a huge difference. And the backing off and doing something positive like exercise, a huge bonus. Just before we let you go, you mentioned it's, it's somewhat of a limited study, but does it mention how vigorous said exercise is supposed to be, or can it be a walk? And what kind of exercise it is, Dr. They J? Not, they did not define this, but I would say that 30 minutes, again, it should be at least moderate. Um, I mean, doing anything at all is better than nothing, but uh, that moderate exercise, just getting at it can be a walk, but not just a stroll, right? A walk with a little bit of purpose, so uh, a cycle, a run, anything, but 30 minutes uh, a day is what we've been expounding <laughs> for a long time, right? right. That's uh, 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise. Get out there, do it, and you'll get huge mental health benefit off that. Do all it. right. We got our prescription. Thanks so much, Dr. J. <laughs> okay, you betcha. Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. It's another Tech Tuesday with the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. This time around, we're talking the new iPhones. Apple just released them. Good morning to you, Mike. How are you? Good morning. Last time we spoke, it was launch day mm-hmm. for the iPhone 14. So I'm curious, did you or Andy pick one up? Uh, no, I did not. I'm I usually about five years behind the trend. Andy, <laughs> how about you? I'm still using my pager. No, I don't have a, <laughs> the new iPhone 14. Yeah. I think a lot of people are on the fence, and I've been using it for just over a week now. And just, just so if you are on the fence and wondering, is it time to upgrade, let me just say this. It's a really nice phone, but it really is meant for power users and for content creators. The cameras, of course, are better, you know, a better processor, and you can multitask a little bit better. But if you've got the 13, the 12, you're really not missing out on that much. You might want to wait another year for to look for another say, upgrade. A, p- a power user? Yeah, if you're doing lots of like multitasking on your phone and doing lots of different things, if you use it for work a lot, then I can see how this okay. would be benefit. Uh, but if you're a casual user, just browse the web every once in a while, you know, search Facebook, you're fine. What's you're the fine. price on that baby? Uh, well, it depends on which model you want, but you're looking up upwards for the highest end, close to two grand. Come they start wow. around without. They start around though eight hundred. Like it all depends, right, on how much storage you want. Of course, there's all these different you know levels you can go to. So they start closer to a thousand, but you can go all the way up if you want. Did we touch base yet on the on the camera side of things? Because I know that a lot of the times 
when I have friends, and Mike, you're one of them, believe it or not, I count you as a friend, um, that when you've had a, an Android phone, some of the Samsung products, I'm always looking at the cameras going, boy, the cameras are way better than the Apple products. Are, are they stepping it up now? They are. You know, they went from a 12-megapixel camera to a 48-megapixel camera, and a lot of Samsung users go, <laughs> we've had over 120 yeah. megs for, you know, two years now. Uh, thanks, Apple, for finally catching up. And that's true. Uh, but Apple does a really good job with their camera, and their low-light camera is is really good. But one of the things I want to talk about, other than hardware, because it's got a lot of buzz, right? It's got a ton of buzz in social media on the weekend. But what got bigger buzz than the actual iPhone itself is an app for the iPhone 14 called Pixel Pals. Have you heard about this? No, what is it? It's ridiculous, is what it is. It is basically, <laughs> remember Tamagotchi? Yeah, yeah. It's a virtual pet that sits on top of the dynamic island on your iPhone 14 Pro. The, the dynamic island is that little notch, that black notch on the top of your screen, uh, and the pet lives on top of that black notch. And you can get a cat, you can get a dog, you can get a fox, and it walks around. It sleeps. It, it, it really doesn't do much, but everyone is downloading this app huh. just to get the little Pixel Pal on their iPhone. It doesn't die. You can't feed it. It's just there. Only the 14, <laughs> though? Well, they are going to allow it for if you actually update to iOS 16, new operating system, uh, you can actually get this on your lock screen. It just won't be there when you're actually using your phone, like on the iPhone 14 Pro Max. I feel like I need it now. <laughs> it's cute for... Two minutes. Oh, aside. But, but let me say this. It's a young person's app because you know how as we get older and you start holding the phone a little bit further away, a little bit further away, a little bit further away to see things? Yeah. The Pixel Pet is tiny. <laughs> I can barely see it. I have my contacts in. Oh, my gosh. Need your bifocals, Andy. Is this, and I've got them on right now, is this, Mike, and I, this is kind of aside from this particulars of the technology and the newest offerings, is is this the hype that we'd expected? It is it has it delivered? Do you think, or are we kind of maxed out when it comes to, to Apple products and phones and what we can do with the Apple iPhone? I don't think it's just Apple. I think in general, smartphones we are maxed out, and we've talked about this before. What more do we need in our smartphones? You know, I think the latest innovation was a folding screen. Cool. Do you need it? Nope. Mm -hmm. Of course you don't need it. But I think when it comes to productivity and actual use and things that we need in a phone, I think we've pretty much got it all. Mm -hmm. You know, so it really is just hype. And it's, of course, those just those incremental uh, improvements every year. Uh, but really, uh, we're kind of hitting that plateau where every year is just a small baby step because there's really not much more you can stuff into a phone. Cameras is the biggest the biggest thing, and it has been for a few years now. Sure. I'm curious if you guys heard about the camera issues, though, on the iPhone 14. Nope. Yeah, so this actually, I wouldn't even have believed this until I saw a video over the weekend. Uh, if you had the iPhone 14 Pro or the Pro Max version, some people were complaining that the, when they were using third-party apps like Instagram, Snapchat, the, the actual camera would buzz when you tried to use it and vibrate. Oh, that's weird. And it weird. sounds crazy, hmm. but I actually saw videos of this and people reporting it's a big problem to the point where Apple has responded saying, we know it's an issue. We're going to send out a software fix next week. But the actual camera on some people's iPhone 14 Pros and Pro Maxes is literally vibrating. You can see it and it makes a horrendous noise. So many so, jokes, I, so little time, Mike. We have to let you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mike Yanni is the Gadget Guy. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Insta. And you can, of course, find him on Twitter as well.